です。Number three, the Pete Callender Show, News Talk 1110-993 WBT, 704-570-1110 and uh, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com, um, where I do have, let me, hang on, I have some emails. Let me just, I'll start the hour reading some emails because I've, I've been very bad about getting to them. Um, this one is from Mike, talking about the breakdown in the rule of law. He says, Pete, it is no wonder law and order is difficult to enforce because it is wishy-washy from the get-go. Laws are written with loopholes for those who can afford to slip through them. Selective enforcement is an example of wishy-washy law. For instance, marijuana is illegal according to the feds. However, several states permit varying degrees of legal pot use. Where is the law? Plea bargains, where somebody pleads guilty to an offense they didn't do in order to avoid prosecution for something they did, is another example of wishy-washy law. I am not surprised by decay in the legal system. The blindfolded lady holding the scales of justice is peeking beneath the blindfold. It's an imperfect system, subject to abuse by those in charge, but it's all we got. Um, yes, I agree. It's uh, there, there have always been problems in the judicial system obviously it's generally though you would i hope agree that it's the among all of the bad systems it's the least bad or one of the least bad right that's that's where you want to be i am not one of these people who thinks perfection is one of the options that's on the table for us right as with all things man-made they require maintenance and upkeep because they decay, absolutely. And that's where we are, I think. that's We're watching it decay. And this is the concern that Dan Bishop expressed in these two committee meetings, the House Judiciary meetings over the last few weeks, talking about the leak of the rough draft of the Dobbs case out of the U.S. Supreme Court that would overturn Roe v. Wade, the leaking of that opinion, the threats against the uh, the conservative justices' lives and their their homes and such, the the physical violence that's been enacted on uh, abortion or, or uh, anti-abortion groups, headquarters and facilities, clinics and the like. So this is a, a destruction of the norms. As Dan Bishop said, no institutional norm will be respected by this Democrat majority in its pursuit of power. They're OK packing the court. Right they're They want to get rid of the filibuster. Like right? they're. There are all these things they would like to do, or at least they're saying they want to do. And it prompts outrage from Bishop, who, by the way, is a lawyer. He's practiced law for a very long time. He holds it in esteem. He has made that his life's work to be a lawyer. And he uh, he doesn't he doesn't take too kindly to these efforts to undermine the rule of law as a system. And so He's first mad that the Democrats are going to actually hold a hearing about abortion access and the law and all this while the Supreme Court is 
writing up its opinion on this very case, he sees it and says so that this is an attempt to intimidate the court, to pressure the court, to convince it, to impact the court to go a certain way. And the Democrats, by the way, make no bones about this, right? They don't. Well, if they're ever asked by media, which I don't even think they are ever asked. But seriously, do you think that their intent here is to not have an impact? Of course it is. They're hoping that's that's the whole reason for the performance. All of it, all of the performative acts that we have seen on this are all intended to convince one of the five conservatives that are probably going to vote as that opinion was written, right? The five that had signed on to it. It's to try to convince one of them to bail, just to turn up the heat so high that it becomes uh, an unattractive option for the conservative justice that's in the majority opinion. And Dan Bishop doesn't appreciate it. Politically, yeah, but also from from a law perspective, right? He doesn't appreciate that you've got people that are trying to impact the law being interpreted by these judges. It's not allowed. You're not allowed to do this in criminal cases, civil cases. You don't get to go out in front of the judge's house and intimidate him or her into ruling your way. You don't get to do that. So when he comes back to the Judiciary Committee the following week or whatever it is, and this was last week, and they uh, they come back, and he has these witnesses in front of him that the Democrats have called in. He has five minutes of time, and you can tell that you know they knew who he was, or they knew he was a Republican, and they knew this was going to be uh, an adversarial interrogation from Dan Bishop, who, I would point out here, is a lawyer, and he knows how to ask people questions. I've watched him for a long time when he was a county commissioner here and became state senator, and now he's a congressman. So he's very adept at this, uh, at the interrogations. And so what does he spend his five minutes doing? He spends the first minute or so asking the the legal person, the, the lawyer person, Gibbons, I think was her name, asking her about the leak, about the law, right? He then moves on to the two uh, abortion activists and uh, or uh, one of them is a yeah, and providers he moves on to them and highlights the absurdity of where we are. Of, well, yeah, where where the society is has been dragged to by asking very simple question. Can you define a woman? This is because like. And Democrats, what amazes me, they still don't have an answer for this. They, How do you not have an answer for this? This came up at the hearings for uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, right? The, the, the latest Supreme Court uh, appointment. And she was, I'm not a biologist. You, how, how do you not have an answer for this question? You're walking into an abortion debate. By the way, Bill Maher did a great uh, rundown on this on his speech or his uh, his show, uh, uh, Real Time with Bill Maher on Friday night. And I know it's like, no, Bill Maher hasn't changed. Everyone else has. And he keeps saying this, but it's like the left doesn't believe him on this stuff. But he said he, lo- he looked at the uh, 
The ACLU put out some statement and looked and said, here are all the people that are going to be negatively impacted uh, if Roe v. Wade is overturned. And nowhere on the list was women. What? How, how do you do a list like that and not put women on the list? This is the absurdity. This is the this is the insanity of the discourse now. And that is what it is. It's insanity. It's chaos because that's postmodernism. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Congressman Dan Bishop, not too pleased with the way the justices on the Supreme Court have been protested, how uh, their lives have been threatened, their uh, homes have been threatened, and people are protesting out in the streets in the streets right in front of their homes, and uh, all designed to impact their thoughts on an opinion that they are right now drawing up. And... For the same reason, he objects to the House House Judiciary Committee bringing in people to testify about how the court should not rule the way it might rule if that rough draft is adopted as the final opinion. He has five minutes. We played the audio from his five minutes. Most of that time was spent with the professor, the lawyer, uh, Goodwin, I believe her name was. He starts off asking her about the leak. He then goes to the two other women, asks them to define wim- uh, define what a woman is. Neither one can, or if they could, they refuse to. And then he goes back to the lawyer and he talks about stare decisis, presidential ruling, stuff like that. Most of that five minutes was not spent asking about What's a woman? The reason I say that is because I misidentified uh, the author of this piece. This is actually Paige Mastin at the Charlotte Observer. Uh, I believe she's actually on the editorial staff. And she had a column up over the weekend. NC Congressman has a grand time mocking women at abortion hearing. And that's a lie. It's a flat out lie. I watched it. You just heard it. I watched the clip. I've now heard Dan Bishop in that uh, in those exchanges three times. He did not mock women. He didn't mock women. He questioned them. He questioned them. Oh, I know. The editors don't write the headlines, right? Isn't that the? That's usually the. That's how they inoc. That's usually how they inoculate themselves, folks in the press. They you know, and like the the printed press, newspapers. Oh, I didn't write the headline. I wrote the story. Somebody else wrote it. You never know who writes the headlines in these things. Paige Mastin, I would assume, has some sort of editorial control, though, being a member of the editorial staff. But what do I know? Uh, For U.S. Representative Dan Bishop, she says, Wednesday's House Judiciary Committee hearing on abortion access was just another opportunity to score a few political points. You, you hear what she does there? And this is so, this comes so naturally to the left. Yeah, she ascribes motive. That's, that, that's, 
that's what she's doing in that very first sentence. She is assuming the motive that Dan Bishop had is simply to score a few political points. Let's assume that she's correct. What other reason would he be asking them questions? Do you think he is unaware of their positions? Do you think he doesn't fully know his own position? Do you think uh, there's not even a Supreme Court ruling yet that he can look at to say, hey, you know what? Maybe we should codify this or do something here, whatever. Because right now there's no ruling. A little premature. But I understand you guys need this as an issue for the election. Although this writer seems to think that the Republicans are trying to hide their positions. On the, the only people that hide their position on abortion are, are leftists. And she does a really good job of it in this piece, too. Doing the very thing that most leftists, when they don't want to talk about uh, like the various complexities and the nuances in the abortion debate and the procedures and when that happens and all of that, they never... They never break that down for us. It's always just choice, my body, my choice. It's just these slogans. She says the hearing was supposed to be an important and informative conversation about the future of abortion access in this country, given that reproductive freedom is currently on the line. Again, a little premature, don't you think? And also, do you think that a judiciary hearing is really the place that the important and informative conversation. Like, ma'am, this is Congress. I don't know what you think Congress does. I don't know what you think a hearing is supposed to uncover in these types of settings. These things are all about theater. Again, I'm just working off of the premise that her initial statement is correct, that the only thing that Dan Bishop was in it for was to score a few political points. Ma'am, um, Paige Maston, can I call you Paige? Um, what do you think the Democrats' purpose was? Do you think there's any kind of... See, this is what I, I said this the other day. Remember where... I say it all the time. Reporters have, and in this case an editor, have in general just a really difficult time trying to figure out and decipher any kind of political motivation that Democrats might have on anything. It really is astounding. What do you think the purpose of bringing these people in, the, the, the people that they brought into that hearing and, and having them testify, what do you think the whole point was? The whole point was scoring political points. The whole point was intimidating a Supreme Court, trying to influence a ruling. That's the point here. It is politics. That's it. That's all it is about. Oh, I'm sorry. You thought there was going to be some important and informative conversation where members of Congress get, a, uh, get timed five minutes and they can't ask any more questions after that? You think you think that was where that was going to happen? Please. But Bishop, a Republican from North Carolina's 9th Congressional District, chose to spend his allotted time quizzing witnesses on the definition of a woman. There's another lie. He did not spend his allotted time doing that. He spent most of his time talking about the law, which I think would fall under the category of important and informative conversation that you so... So wanted, right? News Talk 1110-993-WBT, The Pete Callender Show. Emails to Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. That's Callender with a K. 
Uh, Joseph says, when they posted the judges' home addresses and the White House refused to condemn it, far-right Twitter immediately posted Psaki's home address and her husband's docs. The documents doxed him. Um, the principled conservative pundits didn't like it because their grift is losing with principles. Losing means you never really have to do anything. Well, I mean, or they have a consistent standard. If you're against it, at the, you know, for the judges, then you could make the consistent argument that you are also against it for Pisaki. But if these are the new standards, if these are the new norms, right? And this is what Dan Bishop is talking about. That, right, in his first comments where he talked about there are no institutional norms that shall be respected in Democrats' quest for power here. So at the national level in the Judiciary Committee, he spends his time asking about uh, the, the leak of the Supreme Court rough draft on Dobbs case. And then he spends uh, he goes to the two other witnesses, asks them to define women. They they can't or won't. They get into uh, an argument with him about it, trying to eat up as much time as possible, because that's the performance aspect of it as well. If you can just stonewall and tap dance long enough, then the congressman loses all of his time. That's one of the strategies here. And then he comes back to the lawyer and asks the other uh, lawyer about um, stare decisis. That, that's what happened. Now, I don't know if this Charlotte Observer editor, Paige Mastin, I don't know if she watched the entire five-minute ex- exchange, but I do know she watched a clip of Dan Bishop that he put on Twitter from his appearance on Fox News, where Bill Hemmer asked him about his line of questioning about define a woman. And so Bill Hemmer asks Bishop to respond. What do you take from that? Well, I think all three witnesses essentially agreed on that radical point. And I think just exposing it, asking what a woman is and getting a bizarre answer and whether who gets pregnant and has abortions is a sign of the the radical folks who are arguing over uh, abortion today in that hearing, who the Democrat witnesses were, who the Democrats thought could advise Congress on what our policy response should be. I thought it was uh, pretty exposing. Did you you expect that answer? Um, I expected something strange, and uh, she performed. (gasps) Oh, my gosh, I can't believe he said that. Did you hear what he said, though? Exposing these answers, he felt was important because why? Because it indicated that these are the radicals that are advising this White House. That was the point. Apparently, that point was completely missed by Paige Mastin at the Charlotte Observer, one of the editors, who wrote a piece Headline, North Carolina congressman has grand time, has a grand time mocking women at abortion hearing. That's a lie. I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to go back over it, but that's a lie. He did not mock any women, any particular one or women in general at the hearing. He also did not, quote, choose to spend his allotted time quizzing witnesses on the definition of a woman. He spent most of his time talking about the law. And then he talked to, and then he also asked them, what's a woman, what's a woman? And then when they wouldn't ask, he kept, he then pursued a line of questioning with one of the witnesses where he said, you know, what, you're going to only answer a question if it furthers your agenda. He asks uh, Dr. Yashika Robinson, 
who is a medical director of Alabama Women's Center in Alabama, when she tried to explain the importance of using inclusive language, pointing out that not every pregnant person identifies as a woman, Bishop began to talk over her. This cycle of questioning and interrupting continued for several minutes, during which Bishop asked Robinson to provide the definition of a woman at least five more times. You heard the audio. Yeah, he asked her to de- to define a woman, and she she said, I'm a woman. And he said, well, is that as comprehensive a definition as you can provide? So he he's asking her to explain. This is the thing that always kills me. When she she lays out this standard at the beginning of her piece that she's, you know, she's expecting this hearing to be about an, uh, an important and informative conversation. It is. He is asking her, please tell me you're not insane. That's essentially what where we are. But then this writer, this editor, Ms. Mastin, she proceeds to now lay out the whole argument on pronouns. Bishop's line of questioning was disingenuous, offensive, and wholly unproductive for everybody but himself. But it gave him exactly what he wanted, plenty of sound bites he could use to craft his own narrative. What is his narrative exactly? There's, you, have a, you, you have a rough draft opinion that hasn't been issued yet, so we don't even know if that's going to be the final opinion. We don't know if there are enough votes for that. We, we don't. But you guys wanted to run out and do a hearing to make sure everybody knows what's at stake here while they're deliberating. Maybe there's a political motivation behind some Democrat and media, but I repeat myself, maybe some of your motives here. Maybe you're trying to craft your own narrative. Indeed, she says, of course, Democrats and abortion rights activists don't actually believe that cisgender men. Whoa, whoa, you're. I never agree to be called a cisgendered man. And if you are really all about respect, as we heard the witness at the hearing talk about, you know, the respect, and that's why you give or you use the pronouns people demand. I never asked for that term. I never asked you to be uh, for you to call me cisgendered. Why do you feel you can do that? When did wh- when did that decision get made? Well, I'm sure there's an AP style book guidance on it by now. Cisgender men who do not have a uterus can become pregnant. They don't actually believe that. So cisgender means straight, non-binary, non-gay, just straight, heterosexual dude. That's never been a woman, has the correct chromosomal makeup, all of that, right? That's that's what cisgender, or, or cis, they call it for short, which is really stupid. But cisgender women aren't the only people who can get pregnant. And when we reduce pregnancy to something that solely affects, quote, women, we leave a whole lot of people out, she says. These people are nuts. That's what Dan Bishop was highlighting. And um, I think he caught one. Yeah. Right here. Right on the right on the page of the editorial. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got an email here from Scott. Uh, subject line, comment. Quote, 
Looks like you are another who won't say what needs to be said. Okay. Biden is a puppet of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, Uh, a, a puppet of the CCP, Obama and Soros and the progressive radical left. He's doing what he's being told to do. I don't even know. Did I even talk about Biden today? I don't even really think. I mentioned the airlift, the Biden airlift. And I, I, I pronounce it like that because it sounds like the Berlin airlift, right? The Biden airlift for the, was it, uh, uh, for the baby formula, which I'm not going to have time to get to today. But I got it. I, I prepped it. I was up very late last night. As I mentioned earlier, I drank the whole French press thing of coffee. And so I was up late. And so I have the prep. It's all there. I just have not, sorry, I have not gotten to it today. Um, so let's see, do, do, do. Uh, their absolute goal is to totally destroy this country. I dare you to say that, Pete, on your show. By the way, since you are based in very liberal Asheville, it's a wonder they have not run you out of town, you being a conservative and not just Asheville, but Charlotte, too. So I don't really know, like, but I'm not in Asheville anymore. I live in Charlotte, so I'm not really sure. But anyway, so there you go. I read your email. Take that, George Soros. All right. Um, back to this, uh, this editor, Paige Mastin at the Charlotte Observer. This is, I read this. And as a former editor of the high school newspaper uh, and a former columnist and reporter and cartoonist at the college newspaper, I read this and this looks like every school newspaper. That's literally like that's what I'm that's the vibe I get from from this. I don't know. I'm not trying to be mean about it. She says. It should go without saying, but a person's identity as a man or a woman does not boil down to whether they can get pregnant and give birth. A person's identity as a man or a woman does not boil down to whether they can get pregnant and give birth. Because that's insulting for people who want to bear children but can't. I'm not sure you can find a stupider or more disingenuous argument to make than that. But she made it. I, I give credit where it is due. She made it. The conflation of gender identity and one's own identity and, and you know, your perception of self and, and, and your idea of value and, and your worth and the things you are good at and your, your crosses that you bear, the burdens you bear in life, all of this stuff, and you wrap all of that up and then you what? You do this like this vocabularic sleight of hand about identity to shift it to, oh, what about all the people who can't get pregnant? Like, did you take the stupid pills or did somebody slip them to me? Because that's just a stupid thing, stupid, stupid thing to say. It doesn't even really warrant an argument because it, it's gaslighting. It's you're just, you're lying. You're just lying. She says, anybody with a uterus can get pregnant. Not everyone with a uterus is a woman. This is postmodernism, folks. This is the unmooring of reality to our perceptions and to our language. 
That's what has been occurring. That's the point. It's chaos. Because I'm old enough to remember, oh gosh, probably, I don't know, when Barack Obama was president, there wasn't this debate. It was only after Obergefell. What is that? What? What do you mean? Only after the gay marriage ruling came down from the Supreme Court. And then all of a sudden, the LGBTQ uh, lobbying industry now no longer had their one main issue to lobby for. And all of a sudden, everything shifted to the T. From the L, the G, the B, went to the T. It's not that Bishop and his Republican colleagues don't know these things, she said. Despite how much they eschew the concept of gender identity, again, ascribing motive. She's now projecting onto Bishop this knowledge that he, she says he has, but he just, he's just not, you know, saying it because there's some political uh, benefit. She says that he just doesn't care. Bishop asked those questions for a reason. He knew what the answer would be, and he knew he could manipulate it in his favor. Yeah, the answer sounds crazy. Because it is. This is the, 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 you not get that? Do you not understand this? She's ascribing motive all over the place that, oh, he knows this concept and he understands all of this. He disagrees. Once again, it's not that we haven't heard you. We've heard you. For crying out loud. Right? For my sake, you're out in the middle of the streets screaming it with poster boards. We understand what you're saying. We disagree. We disagree. You got to understand that. This is part of that, what, what did she call it? The uh, important and informative conversation. A conversation in, uh, occurs when there are different people having the talk. Right? Multiple people engaged in dialogue. Otherwise, it's just a lecture. And that's what I think most people are actually preferring. They, they just want this lecture. That's what the protesters are doing out in front of the Supreme Court justices' houses, right? They're just, they're lecturing them. They're screaming at them in order to get them to do what they want them to do. That's not a conversation. That hearing wasn't for a conversation. Pretending Democrats don't believe in science is far more galvanizing than the truth, she says. All right, when, when do rights obtain? Do an, do an article on that. Do a column on that. We'll see how she fares. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.